When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, June 21st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it's uh, it's it's Prime Day. It's Amazon Prime Day. You buying a lot of stuff online? I'm sure my wife is. I'm not. I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, somebody who should be getting all the deals and all of the uh, the benefits of Prime Day, uh, Harold Ramirez, is is on a hot streak for the Indians right now. Uh, the Indians beat the. Uh, uh, the Pirates, they they finally salvage a game in that series after a couple of heartbreaking losses on Friday and Saturday uh, over the weekend. And Harold Ramirez uh, was was crushing everything he was seeing this weekend in Pittsburgh. Uh, just, you know, what what do you make of Harold and the, the progress that he's made uh, since joining the team in Kansas City back in uh, in, in mid-May? Just, uh, Joe, a pleasant surprise. Uh, two home runs on Saturday. Um and another home run, you know, in a 2-1 win uh, Sunday, uh, you know, he, he says he's kind of elevated his swing a little bit, trying to, you know, get, get, some, uh, get some lift under, loft under the ball, and uh, it certainly has worked. He's just been, you know, um, just a pleasant surprise. I mean, you know, they, they signed him late in spring training. He kind of was behind the eight ball, but he came back. You know, he can run. They play him all over the place left field, center field, uh, you know, right field, um, you know, and with uh, Reyes out, uh, you know, he has really stepped in and helped them in the power category. Right. Uh, Ramirez never really was before this as sort of a launch angle guy or a guy who, you know, made that part of his game. When he, when he first joined the club, uh, Tito said that he was aggressive, but the, you know, when he got to two strikes, he'd be willing to put the ball in play. And, and punch it to the right side. Do we are we still seeing that uh, in, in addition to his ability to barrel the ball? You know, I've seen him go. You know, hit the ball foul that way with two strikes or late in the count. I haven't seen him necessarily go that way like he did early when he when he first came up, Joe. I, I thought, you know, so maybe he's he's looking for a little more, you know, pull side action, trying to uh, you know drive the ball a little bit. But I don't think that ever leaves you, do you? I think. If that's part of your game, that's part of your game. No, yeah. If that's your approach when you get to two strikes, I think that that stays with you. you maybe you're just seeing the, the, the pitchers approach him differently. Uh, speaking of pitchers, uh, over the weekend, the Indians did get uh, some, some really nice outings from their sort of makeshift starting rotation 
of, uh, of younger arms and, and shorter length guys. Uh, Cal Quantrill on Saturday was excellent. He got into the, what, through the fifth inning? Yeah. And, and so did Sam Hentges on Sunday. Uh, unexpected, I guess, uh, in, in a little ways, but, uh, you know, a, a big pleasant surprise for the Indians uh, from their young pitchers. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, even Mejia, I mean, he gives up five runs in the first inning uh, Friday night and then gives him, still sticks around, gives him four more innings, you know, keeps the, you know, gives the, the Indians a chance to come back in that crazy game, but save the bullpen too. And uh, like you said, Quantrill, five scoreless, Henkes on Saturday and Henkes five scoreless on uh, Sunday. I mean, I don't know what you more you can expect, especially you know, from a guy like Quantrill who's pitching on three days rest and so is Mejia. So, you know, it's, I don't know how long they can keep this going, but uh, you know, somebody is going to come out of this in, in a better spot than, than when this whole, you know, jumbled rotation started, you know, somebody's going to come out of this with, you know, probably a shot at, at, at a job in the rotation. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, right now, I, I would say probably the leading candidate might be Cal Quantrill if they can get him stretched out right now. He's, he's been the most reliable of that group so far. Uh, and it would not be a, a surprise if, if he, he is a, you know, a, a fixture now in the, the rotation moving forward. Uh, on the injury front, you know, help might be on the way. Uh, Zach Plesak threw a bullpen a couple days from now. He'll throw another bullpen and start adding in uh, breaking pitches and, and trying to get the feel for that. Uh, then you've got the next steps would be simulated game and then rehab assignment after that. It could be another couple of weeks, but we're getting closer. There's a light at the end of the tunnel for Zach Plesak. Yeah, definitely. He, he pitched, he threw a bullpen in Pittsburgh over the weekend. I think he's going to throw it a, a, another one today, Joe. And, uh, you know, that's what um, pitching coach Carl Willis said, uh, you know, Sunday in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, and I think after that, like you said, you know, if you follow the progression, the Indians do, you know, simulate a game, maybe another bullpen session, but simulate a game, then goes, go out on a rehab and uh, take it from there. Yeah. I think the only thing that, you know, is, is sort of holding them back is the, the, the worry of, of rushing him back and then injuring something else besides the thumb. As long as the, the thumb is sound and not giving him any pain, I, I think uh, that'll be that progression and they'll take it easy. Uh, there's no real maybe rush to get him back before the all-star break, but, you know, maybe right after the all-star break, they, they could have him in the rotation. Yeah, they they really, that would be a big boost. You know, they, they would have a, that would give them Aaron Savali who's pitching tonight and, uh, you know, police act, you know, members of that opening day rotation. Uh, we still don't know anything on Bieber, you know, he's still in a week week, you know, a week into this, uh, you know, no throw period. And um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. He's supposed to be re-examined this week, I guess, to see how he's progressing. But, you know, two, two fifths of a rotation is better than no fifths of, or one fifth <laughs> of a rotation. Yeah. It's what it's 20, it's 20% more. You, you were 20, you're 20% better off. If you, if you have police in there, I guess. Uh, for uh, Framil Reyes, we're hearing word that he will begin a, a rehab assignment in Columbus uh, when they get back on the field Tuesday after their off day on Monday. Uh, you know, what do you make of that? Oh, that's great news. I think, you know, he, as, as we, you know, talked about, I think over the weekend, we knew he was, I think you wrote that he was going to uh, Lake County to take BP, you know, I think on Saturday. 
so obviously those sessions went well. And I, I think, uh, you know, from what I heard, uh, Fran Mill is going to go to Columbus Tuesday, start his rehab assignment. Now, I don't, I'm not sure how long that will take, but he, he would certainly be a welcome addition. Uh, you know, he's still <clears throat> tied for second on the team in home runs, leads him in the OPS, and I think he's second, second on in slugging percentage. So, you know, they really miss his bat, but you know, you got to give him credit. I think they're like 15 and 12 since since he went on the on the on the injured list. So they kept their nose above water. Right. Yeah, and it, he's a it would certainly you know be a a big help in the middle of that lineup. Uh, you know, behind Eddie Rosario, in front of Eddie Rosario. But with the way that the top three in the order are hitting right now, uh, since you've, you've had Ahmed Rosario sort of solidify things at that number two spot, uh, you know, anything down the line to, to, to lengthen things and, and make things long, uh, you know, give you a little more depth in the lineup there, uh, definitely helps. And, and if Framel can come back, and we've seen him, you know, in, in, before when he comes back, he can be real hot. He can, he can carry it for a couple of weeks. Uh, the, the oblique muscle is definitely something you don't want to mess with. You want to take your time with. So again, looking at maybe after the all-star break uh, around that time, maybe getting Framo back as well as Plesak, that would be a tremendous boost. Um, yeah, you get to break up those lefties, you know I mean? You've right. got some left-handed hitters. Framo's a right-handed hitter. You can put it, like you said, you can put him between Rosario and, and uh, Bobby Bradley, you know, just balance the lineup a little. And uh, we're hearing that Columbus might have a, an opening at least for a few days here. Uh, Oscar Mercado, scary situation on Sunday, got hit in the head, uh, had a few stitches, um, but, uh, you know, hopefully he's going to be okay. Yeah, uh, Sunday against uh, the Toledo Mudhands at, in Columbus, he, the fifth inning, you know, Oscar uh, got hit in the head by a pitch. Uh, the ball kind of ricocheted off his helmet, cut his forehead. Um, so, you know, no, no concussion, though. That's a good thing. At least uh, the concussion protocol is, you know, he's passed those, you know, initially. You know, where we know those things can linger. And, we, you know, we saw it with Austin Hedges that he was okay. And then those things kind of – you got to be really careful with that. But – He'll probably be out of the lineup for a few days, and and he was just starting to come around, Joe. He Saturday he drove, he had a home run, he drove in three runs for the Clippers, uh, so that's that's too bad for Oscar. Hopefully, yeah, I saw, he gets back, gets back I, in there fast. I saw that home run he hit. He destroyed that ball. Uh, speaking of hitting home runs for the Clippers, uh, be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Andres Jimenez was on a tear there for a little bit. Uh, six straight games he homered in. Uh, right now with the way Ahmed Rosario is, is hitting and, and playing, I don't think, uh, there, there's much of an option for him, uh, up here at the major league level, but, but, you know, good to see that Andres Jimenez has gone down there and worked on some stuff and looks like he's, he's swinging the bat well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are swinging the bat well, I think they had 23 hits a couple of days ago. So, you know, uh, uh, so maybe that, that, uh, uh, you know, bodes well. Maybe there, there is some help in the pipeline here. Uh, and, you know, I, I was wondering, but I guess, you know, I was I, with Jose Ramirez missing those two starts, although he pinch hits Sunday. I, I would imagine he's okay. But would, would Jimenez be a uh, option at third base if, if, if uh, Jose had to go on the IL? You know, I don't recall in spring training them playing Jimenez at third base at all. 
I think some of the other, like uh, Gabriel Arias and other guys moved yeah. around the diamond a little bit more. They, they tended to want to leave Jimenez at shortstop, uh, you know, to let him learn, to let him get acclimated because he was going to be, you know, after the first couple of weeks of spring training, he was going to be the yeah. day shortstop. So I didn't, I didn't think that they, they played him there all that much. Uh, you know, if you want to, I guess you could put him there, but you know, Jose Ramirez, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be in that lineup. Yeah. I, it would be stunning to me if he's not in the lineup tonight in Chicago. So um, that's, yeah, probably not going to, not going to be the case. And, and it, eventually you got Nolan Jones. That you're going to yeah, want to play right. third Nolan base Jones anyways. There too, so yeah. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fans, so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Just doubling back on on the weekend series kind of a disappointing series uh, it was a, this is a point in the indian schedule where they're supposed to be sort of you know keeping ground or making up some ground on chicago playing against some teams that have had you know losing records and are struggling this year in, in pittsburgh and minnesota uh they they dropped the first two against uh pittsburgh uh saturday's was probably the more troubling of the two losses just because you thought you were winning that game two nothing and then all of a sudden uh, you know, James Karinchak, Brian Shaw, uh, give up three run homers, uh, really the strength of your team to this point in the season, your bullpen, uh, really sort of let you down in that, in that situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Shaw has had trouble with walks all year and he wasn't able to pitch around it, but it, it was unusual to see Karinchak walk that many people. I mean, they walked those, uh, you know, Shaw, Karinchak and Nick Sandlin walked six guys in, mm-hmm. in that inning. And four of them came around to score. I think it was the most walks the Indians have had in one inning since 2000, since a game in 2004, maybe against the Tigers or 2000. I can't remember. I think it was back then, but, uh, you know, just, uh, just an ugly inning. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I, Shaw has been able to, to min, manipulate or pitch around those walks. This was something new to Karen check. You know, we saw his, his spin rate drop in that game. Uh, you know, and I don't know if that had anything to do with it in anticipation of, uh, 
you know, Monday's uh, frisking the, the, uh, mm -hmm. so right, yeah. for foreign substances, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. His spin rate was down again yesterday when he earned his eighth save in the ninth inning. And, you know, but I think he, the guy was still throwing 98 miles an hour. So I, I, I think, uh, if, if Karen check was using a foreign stuff substance, I think he'll be able to, uh, adjust and maybe that's what he's going through right now yeah that, that seems to be the case I, I would think his curveball would be more affected than his his fastball if if there is going to be uh you know a sort of a, a movement away from any sort of substances if that's the case not saying that there is uh what you, you brought up a point about shaw that that i thought really stands out up until this point this year we've seen shaw you know walk a guy here or there or give up a hit or whatever and be able to work around it. It's it's your typical Brian Shaw inning where you're you're sort of holding on to your seat, but he always finds a way to get through. Uh, you know the the quality of that cut fastball is so good, and, and you know guys just can't help but but swing and, and put it in playing ground out. And I, to this point this year, he's been you know really good. Uh, that was just a case where it all sort of came together. He he you know maybe he got squeezed, but walked two guys and then give up a bomb. Uh, not not what we're used to seeing from Brian Shaw. Uh, as far as Karen Check goes, though, yeah, that's, uh, um, you know, it'll be interesting to follow moving forward uh, just to see where, where his spin rate is. And his effectiveness in, in commanding the ball in the strike zone, Tito always says the most important thing is if he can command his fastball and, and throw strikes and get ahead of guys, they have no chance because even when they know that the, the curveball is coming, uh, they can't hit it. Uh, Friday night, a bit of a, a different story. The Indians fall behind 11 to one. Uh, they get the grand slam from uh, Andres Jimenez. They get the, uh, or I'm sorry, the grand slam from Cesar Hernandez. They get, uh, you know, another, uh, what, what was it? Three run uh, triple. It was a triple or a single from Rene Rivera had a hit, uh, you know, the furious yeah, rally. Yeah. They came back uh, crazy play where, where Bradley Zimmer, I believe scored. Uh, because the ball hit him in the back and then he, he was able to run home uh, just to see them, you know, finish with 10 runs after falling behind uh, the way that they did uh, encouraging sign. But you, you, again, there's no moral victories. You, you can't go into a, a, a post game interview with uh, Terry Francona and say, Hey, well, it feels like you won. You, no, there's <laughs> you either won or you lost it. You, you can't do that. Yeah. And uh, you know, that was, it, it was, you know, there, there was some good, like you said, it, there was some good and bad in that game. You know, the good is, uh, uh, you know, Mejia got out of the first inning, gave him four innings, saved the bullpen. And, uh, you know, another good thing was they came back and uh, scored a bunch of runs. But in the end, they lose after, you know, sweeping the Orioles and being, you know, having some momentum on their side. And you're playing a team that had just lost 10 straight in the Pirates. So you figured, you know, you, you would be you know, in, in a real good position to have, you know, to continue that momentum and, you know, they get out of the steel city with just one win. So that was, that was disappointing, but seeing the amount of offense that they generated, I think that was, that was a, that was a good thing. Yeah. And, and the other thing is uh, with runners in scoring position right now, uh, the Indians are among the best in, in baseball over the last, you know, month or so, uh, Ahmed Rosario hitting what 392. He's second in the American League in, in hitting with runners in scoring position. Uh, this is a team that at the beginning of the year couldn't buy a hit with runners on base, much less in scoring position. 
and, and now it, it seems to be coming a, a little more regularly and a little more easily to them. Yeah, and I think they were uh, they, they were averaging uh, going into Sunday's game six runs a game in, in June. You know, in in uh, from from a team that was you know was was barely averaging three runs a game or four runs a game through the first two months of the season. So you know maybe things are are heating up a little bit and. If uh, Reyes gets back, uh, that, that could only help them. And they get Jose back in the lineup after missing two starts. Uh, that, that, that won't hurt him either. All right. All right. Two, uh, two points uh, on, on the national radar. Um, Shohei Otani came out over the weekend, said he's going to compete in the home run derby. Uh, it always brings up the question, should Jose Ramirez, uh, if he's invited, be, be interested in participating in the home run derby? Uh, Terry Francona said he would neither support nor uh well I, I take it back he would never encourage nor discourage a player from competing in the home run derby because he thinks it's good for the game but he would rather just support a player's decision uh however you know given the same situation a couple of years back um you know jose ramirez sort of came out and said hey I, i'm going to make a decision for my teammates and and you know i'm not going to compete uh, historically looking at what happens to a guy after he competes in the home run derby, uh, it's probably not a bad decision. Yeah. And I think, you know, we saw a couple years ago when Jose was chasing 40 home runs, you know, how he, how he got into that pull, pull mode. And I, I don't know if, it, if, if he went into the derby this year and uh, you know, and just, uh, just had a good derby and, and, you know, just, I don't know if that would affect him not. Because right now he's, you know, he's their best hitter. They need him to win. And uh, you, you, there is a track record of guys not, you know, not performing well after, after winning the Derby or competing in the Derby, because it is, it takes a lot of energy out of you. If you remember Vlad Guerrero uh, Jr. in Cleveland, my mm -hmm. goodness, that, that guy, he looked like he lost like 40 pounds during that, during right. the, uh, the Derby. Right. And and even in that same derby, Carlos Santana competed in that derby. And you remember, up until that point in the season, he was carrying the Indians' offense. And, and he did. He sort of, uh, you know, sagged off during – his numbers weren't the same as they were in the, the first half of the year uh, were for Carlos Santana after he competed in the home run derby. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, the little engine that could, Jose Ramirez, you know, competing against six foot four Shohei Otani in the home run derby um, and matching him. But I, I, you know, for, for the benefit of the Indians and the team right now, I think uh, Jose taking a pass on that might be a, a good idea. Uh, the other thing that starts, uh, you mentioned it earlier, uh, beginning today, uh, who will be the first pitcher, you know, tossed out of a game or, at, uh, you know, ejected for uh, trying to enter a game with a foreign substance on his, on his person. Uh, the, the frisking starts tonight. Joe West will be on the mound checking pitchers for foreign substances. Yeah, I'm just wondering, how, how do you think this is going to work? They can, they can do this when a pitcher comes in or leaves. That's a relief pitcher. But, but a starter, how do you do it with the starter? I, I would think that before the game starts, the umpire checks him. And then it's not like they're going to check him every inning. But if there's found to be something on a ball or if – at, at a point subsequent to that, that he goes out and he sees something on a substance or anything like that, that's an immediate ejection. 
if you've been checked once and then you go back to the dugout and load up on it and you come back out, then, uh, I mean, that's a blatant violation right there. And I, I think that would be a way to, to, to police it. And as far as, um, you know, relief pitchers coming in, check them when they get to the mound. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a long thing. It's not like you're strip searching the guy. Right. God, God help him. But yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, the image of Joe West as a TSA agent, <laughs> um, you know, patting you down, giving you the, uh, the old once over, I think is, uh, something we will look forward to. It should make one of those uh, interesting moments, uh, tonight, uh, Aaron Savali against the Cubs. Uh, what do we got, Hoinsey? Uh, you're back at Wrigley. <laughs> yeah, Wrigley for two. Uh, Savali going for his 11th win. I think he leads all of baseball with 10 wins. Um, you know, he wasn't at his best uh, his last time out. Only went five innings against, uh, against uh, I think. Uh, it was against Baltimore. Against, yeah, against Baltimore. So he only went five. Uh so, uh, you know, you wonder if the season might be catching up to him a little bit, you know, just the workload and, and kind of maybe just the, the fact that he's, you know, he, he's being counted on really every time he starts, he's got to go deep into a game to, uh, to protect the bullpen. And so this is going to be a good, good, good test for him. You know, the Cubs are a solid team. They, they've struggled a little bit, but they're a very good team. So it, it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how, how he does. All right, we will uh, keep an eye on your coverage here uh, the next two nights uh, out of Chicago and then an off day on Thursday uh, before the Indians open a four game, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday before the Indians open a four game series in uh, Minnesota. Hoinsie, good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. 